you specifically are here tonight for a reason. I pray today that the Holy Spirit would draw out exactly who needs to be here tonight. So I'm going to choose to believe that all of us, including myself, have God has something in store for us. A little nugget of truth. Um, so let's pray before we start. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord God, so much that you are a personal God, that you are a God who wants to speak to us, that you are a forgiving and gracious and loving God, that you are just such a good Father who walks beside us, Lord, and wants to help us and encourage us and, and just help us to grow and mature and be all that you've called us to be, Lord God. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would open up all of our hearts tonight, open up um, our eyes, our ears, God, help us to listen, and um, we just pray, God, that we can leave here tonight um, just filled with hope and encouragement, Lord God. So we thank you and we dedicate this evening to you in Jesus' name, amen. So tonight is session two of the journey of knowing God. And before we get into that lesson, we'll just do a little bit of a review. So for those of you who were here last Friday, this will just be a little refresher. And for those of you who weren't here last week, um, this is what we did. We looked at spiritual disciplines. Um, we know that they produce fruit and blessings in our lives. And we were encouraged to start small and to make them into habits. So sometimes we see the word discipline and we kind of get choked up by that. It's really not a bad word. It's actually a good word. <laughs> and to look to Jesus as our model in the Bible. And we see how he modeled spiritual discipline. Um, and spiritual disciplines are exercises that can equip us to live fully and freely in the present reality of God. And so some of us can feel like failures, like I'm not really good at this. I fail. I had intentions to start out to do this and I want to do my devotions or you know, do a reading plan or study the word and you fail at it, because I know I do, and that's okay, because we have three things to remember. Number one is grace. So to keep these three things in mind, actually, all these Fridays when you're learning about spiritual disciplines, the work of grace is ultimately God living in us, and these tools are instruments that God is using to draw us nearer to that grace. Secondly, Keep in mind your union with Christ. It's a sealed deal. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. So even if you fail, just get back up. And thirdly, we're using effective tools. So what might work for somebody might not work for you. So it's about praying or even asking other believers, like, hey, what do you do? What, what's effective for you? Maybe I could try that. Um, so just keep in mind, grace your union with Christ, and we're trying to find effective tools that will work for each of us. And we can go to the next slide. We also broke up those um, spiritual disciplines into two categories, engagement and abstinence. And silence was one that we focused on last week that falls under the discipline of abstinence. So we know that God does want to speak to us. It's a relationship where not only does he want us to talk to him, but he also wants to speak to us. It's a, it's a conversation. And we were encouraged to quiet ourselves, uh, remove distractions, to be intentional. And in those moments when it's really hard, because I have a hard time with that, even if it's two minutes, and I set my phone, 
I want, like my mind just wanders right away. So I did what Pastor Mona had suggested and God had given me a scripture that day, so I wrote it down and I just kept repeating it. So at least I'm focusing on that and not 10 million other things that have nothing to do with being silent or quiet. So for tonight, we're going to focus on four different spiritual disciplines. You guys have all heard these before. The first one is study. And the scripture we have here is 2 Timothy 3.16. So if you guys want to jot that down. Oh, I have handouts. They're right there. Sorry about that, guys. I don't know if there's more than 32, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 24. I think we should have enough. This is just kind of, these are the questions you guys are going to look at in your small groups after, but you can jot your notes down on the back of it. So 2 Timothy uh, 3.16 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Of all the disciplines that we're going to look at over these four weeks of our journey of knowing God, this one is probably the most important one because it's based on the study of the Word of God. Only through the instruction of the Bible can we understand the ways and the will of God. The theology and practice of every spiritual discipline is rooted in Scripture. Without the study of God's Word, we cannot hope to, uh, we cannot hope to grow spiritually. And I can attest to that. Because even for me, personally, when I'm not in the Word... Or even if Tyler's not in the word, man, are we struggling. We still struggle, but I notice there's such a difference when we're both in the word. And I've come to realize I can't let another person's relationship with God dictate my relationship with God. (laughs) That's my journey. But I can see how the word is alive and how it just changes everything. It really, truly transforms things and helps us to grow. Jesus knew scripture better than anyone. As a boy, he amazed the teachers in the Jerusalem temple with his understanding. He quoted scripture from memory when tempted in the wilderness, and he regularly quoted it in his teaching. He even began his ministry with a public reading from the book of Isaiah. Jesus embodies the word. Today, the discipline of study may have many forms. Can you guys give me some ideas of what that looks like? What does study of the word look like to you guys? Anybody? If you're going to study the word, what, what does that entail? Pastor Mona. Okay. About. So you're so digging deeper. The context. Right. Okay. So looking at the context, Chrissy? Mm-hmm. Yep. 
anybody else? What, what does studying the word of God look like to you? There's no right or wrong answer here. Cause... Jen. Mm-hmm. Your attention. Right. Mm -hmm. Those are great answers. So we can read the Bible in the physical book. So most of us have a physical copy of a Bible. If you don't have one, we'll get you one. You can also use your cell phone, your iPad, your computers as well. Um, or you can listen to it uh, audibly, like with your headphones. So some of us do struggle with that. And sometimes we see those chapters and it can be overwhelming. Um, so audio is a great way to do it. I know many people that do it, and trust me, it still sinks in. And I encourage you, you know, when all else fails, just put it on. <laughs> so you can also listen to the Bible taught in church on Sunday, so we hear the word from the pulpit taught to us. Um, or we can go online to different uh, churches who have websites or podcasts, and we utilize those uh, resources here at church as well. And we can also meditate, but, and I really like this, we must make a crucial distinction between what meditation is in the world and what it actually means for us as Christians. Can anyone tell me what, what does Christian meditation look like? And if you don't know, that's okay. What's that? Pondering on the word, yep. So... It says here, Eastern meditation focuses on emptying our minds when people do that. Christian meditation is actually filling your mind with God's word. So that's exactly what you said. For example, in Psalm 119.97, it says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. All right, so spiritual discipline number two that we're going to look at tonight is prayer. So the scripture that goes with this is Hebrews 4.16. It says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Prayer is how we talk to God. When we pray, God listens. Amen. <laughs> Thank God. It's not just sometimes you might feel like it's hitting a ceiling, but he's actually listening. Jesus taught many things about prayer. He warned against the prayers of hypocrites who make a show of their prayers and taught us to humbly pray. God is a good father who delights in giving good gifts to his asking children. We should persevere in prayer until the Lord answers, but we must have faith with our prayers to be effective. And sometimes those prayers might go unanswered for a time or he might answer them in a way that you didn't think was how it was going to be, but his timing is perfect. Jesus also modeled prayer for us in his actions. He frequently sought to get away from the crowds to pray in solitude and silence. Today, like Jesus, we should also withdraw regularly for time alone with God in prayer. And whenever we gather together as believers, we should also be praying for one another. So, spiritual discipline number three is fasting. I'm really horrible at this one, and this scripture came to get me. I was like, Tyler, I'm reading it. I'm like, their God is their belly. Oh, 
their, they glory in their shame. Oh, like this, this scripture actually really came to get me. So fasting, I'll read the scripture. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame with mindset on earthly things. That's Philippians 3.19. Fasting is abstaining from eating food for spiritual reasons. It is a focused time of spiritual dependence on God to sustain you, almost always accompanied by prayer. Can you fast other things besides food? Facebook. What are some other things that you guys have fasted in the past? Hockey? TV? Facebook? What else? Food. Chocolate. <laughs> yep. You know, the, the things that you kind of run to to ease your pain kind of thing, that's what you notice where they, they become, they're more than just food or their idols. Yeah. For me, it's, it's YouTube and, and food. I'm like, get me some food and YouTube and whew, I'm all set. <laughs> but really, it's not. You're like, it's you're miserable in that place because the issue is still there when the food's gone and the show's over. Ben. Mmm, being busy. Yeah, slow down. You almost have to fast your toolbox and put it aside, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, in our self-indulgent culture today, we lack self-control, and fasting may be the most neglected discipline today. So we see the culture that we live in. It's very fast-paced, very like give me, give me now, kind of the whole like a fast food drive-through. You order what you want, and if it's not ready in three minutes, you're getting, you know, anxious. Like, come on, give me my food. But that's kind of the culture that we live in today. And as Christians, I think some of us, myself included, we kind of feel the same way. So fasting, it, we don't even, I don't even really consider it a thought. Unless it's been brought to us as something to do or consider as a church. I'll think about it from time to time. But this is something that I really would like to ask God to help me with for sure. Um, we see in the Bible that Jesus fasted, and he, he also expected that his followers would fast as well. When asked why his disciples were not fasting, Jesus said that they would not fast as long as he was with them. But the days would come when the bridegroom would be taken away from them, and then they would fast in those days. So that's in uh, Luke 5, verse 35. And those days are today. And we are waiting his return. So since there's no direct command on how to fast in scripture, we are free to fast as the Holy Spirit leads us. So some of us may pray and ask the Holy Spirit, okay, what, what is distracting me? What idol am I running to? And it could be any of those things that we named or, or something completely different as well. 
So in the Bible, the normal practice was abstaining from food, but they also didn't have, I mean, I'm sure there was things that distracted them as well, but I'm sure they didn't have all the social media that we have today and the TV shows and all of that stuff. So definitely those things you should consider as well. So how long should we fast? That's a good question. Some people in the Bible fasted for one day, one night, three days, seven days, 14 days, and even 40 days. So the length can obviously vary. Fasting gives us greater power and emphasis to our prayers and confessions as we depend on God. I really like this one-liner, so you guys might want to write this down. Fasting is feasting on God, hungering for him alone. And spiritual discipline number four that we're going to look at is confession. Proverbs 28.13 says, Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Confession is an admission of sin followed by repentance. Confession can be either private, so between you and God, personal, between you and a safe person, like a trusted friend as a believer, or public, between you and everyone. But while we are more open to the private confession, which is very important, many are terrified at the thought of personal or even public confession. And of all the spiritual disciplines, confession is the only one that Jesus did not practice. Can anybody tell me why? Amen. You guys are good. Since Jesus never sinned, he had no need to confess. However, Jesus is a critical part of our confession because without his atoning death and his resurrection on the cross, we wouldn't be able to even receive his forgiveness. Because of Jesus, the Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's 1 John 1.9. And I think most of us here can attest to the fact that when you have that heavy weight of sin on your heart, that burden that's weighing you down, and you just need to get it out, and you run to God, but sometimes God is asking you to go to a trusted believer or go to a trusted friend, a pastor, uh, somebody that you know is going to lead you to God, hopefully. Um, and then there's some times where we've had people confess in front of everyone. It's whatever God's asking you to do. And I just, for me, know like that weight of the world that I would feel. Oh, I just feel so much better afterwards. So just an encouragement to you. If, if there is any hidden sin and you know the Holy Spirit wants you to share it with a trusted believer, um, I just encourage you to do so because you're going to feel a whole lot better afterwards. Today, private confession is taught in most churches, but we rarely hear personal and public confession instructed. While confessing our sins to God is of utmost importance, we may want to find, like I just said, a trusted believer to confess to for both support and accountability. Accountability can be the hard part, 
but that's that person that can get in the tunnel with you, walk alongside with you, keep you accountable, someone who loves you and will check in with you and, and really ask you those tough questions and say, hey, how you doing, you know? Be that person who loves you enough to not let you stay in your darkness. So, it's pretty simple, very practical, not to say that these things aren't um, difficult for some of us. So we looked at study, prayer, fasting, and confession. So just before we go into small groups, for some of you, if you want to say it out loud, which one of those four is the hardest for you? Is it study, prayer, fasting, or confession? Any of you want to share? Jean? Fasting? Fasting? Lynn? Fasting? Me too. Me too. All right. So we have four small groups tonight. We have Doug and Roxy and Maya and Jason. We'll do one in the foyer, and I turned the heat on in there, so it should be okay. We'll do...